Welcome to Tucson New Thought. You know, I always, so I, I, I don't think I've ever really talked about my habit on a Sunday morning, how I prepare to come to this experience and say whatever needs to be said. And I know that there are many, many ministers out there who struggle all week trying to figure out what are they going to say next Sunday. And then they, they sit down for hours on Saturday and they're writing out their notes and, uh, you know, it becomes a big deal for them. And um, it has always been my habit that I get up usually at five o'clock on a Sunday morning, and I will write out my notes on a Sunday morning. Um, and I only say that because then sometimes I f- get those notes and I think, well, maybe I just need to throw all the notes out because something is welling up that needs to be said today. And the first thing that I want to talk about is that, 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 that I did not plan on is to say that this lyric, the power to heal is right here in our hands, is the lyric that I probably resonate the most with in this song. Because just like Mirtha said, that is a fundamental practice of the science of mind philosophy, of the new thought philosophy. And, you know, we, 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 yes, I'm a science of mind minister. I was, I was, I was, I was going to say, I was raised in the science of mind philosophy, but I wasn't raised in the science of mind philosophy. I only came into it about 15 years ago. And, but what I know is that I, I came to my spiritual evolution. I, I had my spiritual evolution by discovering that the science of mind existed. And like Mirtha, I was using it already. I just didn't know. I didn't know that there was a construct. I didn't know that I was using it. I didn't know any of that. And boy, when I first walked into a science of mind uh, spiritual center, it was like overwhelming. It was overwhelming for me because I sat there just agape at what I was hearing. And that was the moment that my life changed in in such a dramatic fashion that I knew I could never go back because I knew now what I knew and was able to experience it in a new way. I always tell people that I, I went to that Sunday begrudgingly. I was, because I was like, I don't do church. I don't do, I don't do that. That's not who I am. No. <laughs> um, and so I was convinced that that is where I needed to be on that particular Sunday. And uh, it was for another purpose. (laughs) (laughs) What's his name? (laughs) I actually don't remember his name. (laughs) So that's the the thing. I was invited to meet somebody on a Sunday (laughs) that somebody thought I would be interested in romantically. And I, you know, I pushed it away. I'm like, I'm not going to know. It's not me. I don't do that. And then I showed up and I, you know, found the love of my life. Me. Yeah. Um, but knowing that the power to heal is right here in our hands. It's in each of our hands. We, each and every one of us, have the power to heal. And I said it earlier, healing is the revelation of the, divin- of the divine in any circumstance. And when I talk about the divine, I'm not talking about something separate from ourselves. I'm talking about that inner creative nature that is constantly pushing forth by means of each and every one of us to come into being more and more and more and more. That this is who and what we are here to do and be. 
We are here to heal our own lives and be, and, and be a light to the healing of others. Hi, come on in. Ernest Holmes wrote this, many people may be under the mistaken concept that the metaphysical philosophy is attractive to people because it says the creative source of the universe is good and everything is all right. Therefore, there is nothing to fear. That is a fundamental truth. That is a fundamental truth. But is it a fact in your life? It is a fundamental truth, but is it a fact in your life? The creative source of the universe is good and everything is all right. Therefore, there is nothing to fear. This is far from the truth, he continues. Didn't know that was coming, did you? <laughs> he says, and this is what it boils down to. Do you wish to be loved? Then stop hating. Do you want to be happy? Then make sure that you are never the occasion for happy, unhappiness in others. Who do you choose to be today? Who are you choosing to be today? We will never experience that which we are not willing to express ourselves. We will never have it met from those people outside of us, ever, 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 ever. I talked about this, you know, so the, the, one of the differences between the the first gathering and the second gathering now on Sundays, is that, I don't know if you've noticed, those of you who remember that I used to do the random reading, I don't do that in the second gathering anymore. I do it in the first gathering. And it came up in the first gathering, and I'm not going to go to it, but this very idea, of course, was part of the random reading today. This idea that we can either walk through our lives with fear, or we can choose something else. And that there is a difference between truth, spiritual truth, and facts because facts are simply the construct around the truth that exists eternally. It's just how we approach the world. The way we approach the world are what we call facts, but there are fundamental spiritual truths which are unchangeable. I believe that. You get to decide what you believe. And I use as an example this notion that the universe exists, that's a fundamental truth. The world is flat, used to be a fact. But as we evolved into greater understandings of this creative nature, we began to realize that that fact was actually not the truth. And we came to a deeper understanding that, in fact, in truth, the Earth is a spheroid. It is, it, it, in a challenging world, in a challenging world, it is much easier to react in a, in a vibrational alignment with the energy you receive. I'm going to say that again. In a challenging world, it is easier to, re to react in alignment with the vibrational energy you are receiving, that you receive from others. And not that I need to you know, beat this into the ground, but we're in a vibrational energy that is not constructive in so many ways, especially in the political sphere. That's all I'm going to say around the world of politics. 
because what I want us all to understand is irrespective of what side of the aisle we may find ourselves, whatever side of the philosophical ideology we may be on, there is, an, there is a way that we can transform this world that is not simply reacting to that which is outside ourselves. And it all comes down to this. In what way are you choosing to be? Are you choosing to be in alignment, with, in alignment with the vibrational energy that you are receiving, to be reactionary? Because that, while it is expedient, is not very thoughtful. I would rather live in thoughtful contemplation and decision around how I would like to be in this world than to live in the expediency of reaction. What also happens is that as we take that on, if we are in reaction, we are creating a vibrational feeling space within ourselves that radiates past us. And if other people are not in alignment with not reacting, then they will pick up on that energy. And what happens is we proliferate that energy. So our work is to be the change. We've heard that before, right? Our work is to be the change. Our work is to be the transmission of joy. Our work is to be the transmission of kindness. Our work is to be the transmission of peace. That's why this month is, uh, the theme is joy cast. Like broadcast, we can joy cast ourselves, right? And as we do that, as we make a conscious decision to do that, we change the world. We change the world. And what's really great is that there will be those people who are looking to allow themselves to live in reaction because it's expedient. But if we are joy casting, then they will pick up on that and they will express and experience joy. But it is work. It is work. We proliferate the common vibration unless we choose not to. Uh, and there are low frequencies of vibration, vibrational energy, right? Anger, distrust, resentment. Those are low vibrational frequencies. Oh, it's so easy to take those on. As I also said in the first gathering today, I, I went to the grocery store on Wednesday last. Anyone have that experience? The day before Thanksgiving? And, you know, it... Talk about a talk about a talk about a vibration. <clears throat> there was quite a vibration. And as I walked in, I made the decision. I said, you know what? I'm going to move through this with grace and with ease, and I am going to be a light of joy. I'm going to be in I'm going to move through this with a sense of cooperation, that I'm not in competition with any of those people that are using their buggies as, you know, uh, ramrods or what what bumper carts, you know, <laughs> that I trust that whatever I need is easily available. And I, you know, if it means I have to wait 30 more seconds for somebody to move down the aisle, that's okay. I don't need to become angry. I don't need to pick up on that low vibrational energy, which a lot of people are expressing without even realizing they're expressing it. I get to be the light. I get to be the light. So those high frequencies, joy, love, peace, kindness, 
That is what I think we should be casting far and wide, right? Casting kindness far and wide. And we can put in place of kindness whatever we choose because we are always casting far and wide, whatever our vibrational energy, whatever that frequency is at any given moment. We have the capacity to change the tone of our entire experience of life, not just in our immediate vicinity, because I'll tell you, it's also really easy to change the tone of a room, but are you ready to take on for yourselves changing the tone of this entire country or this entire world or the universe? Are you willing, are we willing to accept that responsibility? In 1993, there was a study done in Washington, D.C. I'm sure many of you may, well, many of you may know about this study. Um, what, uh, what, 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 what the basis of this study was is they brought in all of these people who engage in transcendental meditation, right? And uh, there was a theory that they put forth that said, if we gather these people to engage in meditation collectively, that we can change the tone of the entire city. Washington, D.C., which has one of the highest crime rates in the country. And what they found that during the time that those people were meditating, the crime rate dropped 23.3%. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We can affect the entire world if we choose to affect the entire world because we are a point of cause. That cause is utilized by thinking, that cause is utilized by our, our, our capacity to know something more resolutely about who we are in this world, that we are not separate from, we are infinitely part of the whole, that we are unified. That's the truth. If you think you can't make a difference, you're right. If you think you can't make a difference, you're right. If you think you can make a difference, you're right. In what way are you choosing to approach life? By saying, I am going to cast kindness far and wide. I am going to be the conduit for being a light in this world. Uh, it's a little preview. <laughs> it's allowing myself to be joyful and resonate at that high frequency. And then, you know, it's real easy to do that on a Sunday when we're in this community. And then you walk out the door and it's a good day. And Sunday's a good day. And you get to Sunday night and it's like, oh yeah, I'm feeling a little tired. And you go to sleep and wake up Monday morning. Oh, it's time to go back to work. What? is the vibrational energy that you choose to experience and express on Monday morning, or Tuesday morning, or Wednesday morning. This is a daily practice. To engage in this is a daily practice. It takes work, and I have never denied that this takes work, and it will continue to be work until you have embodied a new habit. Then it's not work anymore, it's just who you are. That's just the way that it goes, but it takes the work to embody the new habit. Ernest Holmes writes, every evidence of human experience, all acts of kindness and mercy have interpreted themselves through our self-knowing mind. All that we consciously know, say, or think 
feel or believe, hope or long for, fear or doubt is some reaction of a self-knowing mind. Now, it may seem like I am now contradicting what I have said prior, that we either are living in reaction or we are living in proaction, right? We can either be the light or we can react to the darkness that is all around us and then follow into, fall into that resonant space. But if we are seeing what is out there, the reaction that we can engage in is a purposeful reaction to know that we are the light. That we are the light. We are the love. Kindness is not a given. Just like I said, go to the grocery store the day before Thanksgiving. Kindness is not a given. But we can be the kindness and therefore change the tone of the entire grocery store. Ernest Holmes also said, to learn how to think is to learn how to live. One of his most famous things he's ever said, right? To learn how to think is to learn how to live. And I want to be really clear. He's not saying to learn what to think is to learn how to live. As a minister, it is not my responsibility to tell you in any way, shape, or form what to think. That's different from some other ideologies. My job is to say that you are a thinking individualization of an infinite power. And as you find the ways which work for you to think in terms of the high vibrational energies, love, joy, kindness, harmony, peace, as you do that, learning how to think in that fashion, your life will change accordingly because it all starts in mind. Everything starts in mind. To learn how to think is to learn how to live. The method is what is important here. And while I do teach methods, we utilize as a method the practice of meditation. We utilize as a method the practice of spiritual mind treatment or affirmative prayer. We utilize the method of affirmation. We use the method of visualization or visioning. We utilize methods that are structured in a way that their intention is for us to put ourselves into alignment mentally with an idea so that that idea can come forth into being. Do all methods work for all people? No. So here is my task to you. Find what works for you. Find what works for you. I have found what works for me. And I am also willing to say, when it stops working, I will find what is next for me. I will find what works. One of the methods that people engage in <laughs> are random acts of kindness. You ever hear about that yeah. practice? You, you engage in random acts of kindness, kindness. I drive through Starbucks, right? I go through the drive-thru at Starbucks, and I get to the window, and I say, I would like to pay for my coffee, and I would like to pay for the order of the person behind me. And then they say, well, they ordered lots of food. And I say, that's fine. It's a random act of kindness. And then what I can only assume happens is as I drive away, that person, not knowing that their order has been paid for, drives up, and they say, your order has been paid for. <gasps> really? Why is that so shocking? Why is kindness shocking? <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are shocked by the unexpected, yes. 
But why can we not work our own minds to a place where we can say that kindness should not be shocking? Kindness should be expected. Let's choose to work towards that world. It begins with us being the change. And as we cast our kindness, as we cast our joy, uh, the other thing is, you know, this whole month is joy cast. And, and, and I likened it, if you read the Friday email, I likened it to each and every one of us being uh, radio stations. And we put out a frequency. And that frequency is met with recept receptors, right, uh, uh, receivers. And they are either going to tune into that frequency or they're not. But frequently we are tuning into those frequencies without realizing we're tuning into those frequencies. It's called sympathetic resonance. Sympathetic resonance, right? It is a, 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 a passive vibratory body. If I am passive in this practice, a passive vibratory body, um, and actually there's a way in the physical world that it can be explained. If, you are, if, if there's an instrument, I guess I'm playing violin now. If there is an instrument and I pluck that string on the instrument, it's funny, I've never played violin. I don't know why that was like my go-to. I pluck the string on the instrument. The other strings will respond in sympathetic resonance. And at the right frequencies, they will begin to vibrate as well. And it will also happen if I pluck the string here and there's another instrument, stringed instrument over there that I am not touching, there will be strings that will vibrate in alignment with whatever that is. We are all like the strings on instruments. So our work is to up-level our vibrational resonance so that those who are in sympathetic resonance with each and every one of us will vibrate at a higher level. This is the spiritual work. This is the spiritual work to move into harmony with the vibrational energy we would like to align with. Do we need to be exactly the same in our expression? No, we just need to be in harmonic likeness. That's how we go into that sympathetic resonance. The Dalai Lama basically put it like this, you know, and I hold to this as a core fundamental belief for the entire New Thought movement, because New Thought was never supposed to be a religion, ever. It was supposed to be a corollary to whatever your belief system is or was. The Dalai Lama said this, this is my simple religion. There is no need for temples. There is no need for complicated philosophy. Our own brain, our own heart is our temple. The philosophy is love and kindness. The entire New Thought philosophy, I think, can be and should be distilled to that. Let us move through this life with love and kindness, period. Because I can study all the words in all these books. And frankly, I have studied all these words in all these books. None of it matters if I'm not living life fundamentally with love and kindness 
at my heart's level and let that be the only way I express. <laughs> Intellect doesn't matter. Intellect doesn't matter. Embody embodying the higher frequencies is what matters. So we can broadcast this energy. That is the joy of joy. That is the root of joy casting. So I asked three questions in Friday's email. What do you want your broadcast to be? These are rhetorical because this is for you to take away <laughs> and really think about this week. What do you want your broadcast to be? Are you simply a repeater station emboldening the transmission of others? Or are you a joy cast or something else, a kindness cast? Whatever you choose. Are you a love cast? This is how the final month of 2019 begins. Can you believe it? I'm just having a moment. You may or may not recall that the yearly theme, does anyone remember what the year's theme was for 2019? <laughs> I've done a really good job of keeping it in mind, haven't I? The year's theme was awakening. That was our year's theme, awakening to our good. As we awaken to our good, it culminates in sharing our good. And that is being a joy cast. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Visit TucsonNewThought.org for updates on everything that's happening at the center. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Tucson New Thought. Namaste.